0: turn your attention to Judges chapter 7 I want to begin reading in verse 1 Uh, this message came from a couple of weeks ago when uh, we were in service brother uh, Dylan Morgan I think was preaching in the evening and um, the Lord just seemed to speak to um, speak to us during the service and give us that goal of 120 of just having an upper room experience And then I began to feel the Lord speak to us about the posture that we should have as a church. So I want to talk tonight on the subject, the posture of a champion, the posture of a champion. And so as the Lord began to speak to my heart during that service, my mind was drawn to this story, which is where we'll start tonight. Judges chapter 7 and verse 1. Then Jerubal, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me sometimes the lord's got to get you way down the bottom of the barrel so you'll realize that when the miracle comes it was not your own strength it was god that did it so he has to keep reducing they had started with thirty-two thousand. now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people saying whosoever is fearful and afraid let him return and depart early from mount gilead And there returned of the people 22,000. 22 out of 32,000 said, yep, that's us. We're afraid we got no interest. We're going home. And there remained 10,000. And the Lord said unto Gideon, you would think the Lord at this point would say, it's time to go to war. The people are yet too many. Bring them down under the water and I will try them for thee there and it shall be that of whom I say unto thee this shall go with thee the same shall go with thee and of whomsoever I say unto thee this shall not go with thee the same shall not go he's telling them we're going to have a selection process there we'll pull out some and others aren't so he brought them down the people to the water the Lord said unto Gideon this was the test everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth him shalt thou set by himself likewise everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink and the number of them that lapped putting their hand to their mouth were 300 men but all the rest 9,700 they all the others bowed down upon their knees to drink water and the Lord said unto Gideon by the 300 men that lapped will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand and let all the other people go every man unto his place the posture of a champion would you bow your heads well we're thankful to be in your house today thankful for your presence and your spirit that we feel anoint our hearts and minds to receive your word help us oh god to not just be hearers of the word but doers of the word also help us god to be able to move in faith and in the power and the victory of the spirit that you have placed in us to believe for a mighty outpour in this city in the name of Jesus Christ everybody said amen Amen. you may be seated thank you for standing this is a interesting place in Israel and this was an interesting test as it were that the Lord brought these uh, men these men of Israel down to this uh, brook as it were they camped there no doubt the water being um, a nice place to camp where um, they could have some of their essential needs met by being close to the water and uh, being a refreshing and a rest for this army that was still sort of a gathering together who would fight and who would not and uh, the Lord was going to use them he had already declared it he had already chosen Gideon who was a humble man and uh, 32,000 men of Israel had said we would fight this was going to be A tremendous battle where thousands upon thousands would be slain. The Midianites, the Amalekites—they had gathered together. It was—it was without number. They had camped out in the valley, in the mountains. It was just without number. There were just so many of them, and only thirty-two thousand children of Israel. The Lord said, "There's too many of them. So tell all the ones that are afraid to go home." And so Gideon obeyed. Twenty-two thousand went home. Ten thousand are left, and they go down. While they're at this little. Uh, this little area, the spring, as it were, he tells them, let them all go and get something to drink and watch the way they drink. And those that would take water in their hand and bring it up to their mouth and lap it as a dog, those are the ones that we'll use. But the ones that just go to the water and put their head down in the water without looking up, without looking out, without looking unto the hills from whence cometh their help, without looking to the enemy, the opposition there. Their field of labor, those that just stick their head down in the water, those are the ones that will not use. Perhaps this was something that caused great consternation for Gideon because he knew these men, knew they were not well-mannered, knew they were thirsty, and they would just jump and dive into the water. A few years ago, we were there uh, in Israel and went to this particular spring, and uh, we were there with Pastor Elms and also um, some people from our church you may recognize. I have a quick little video to show you.
1: <laughs> Alright, laugh, Pastor
2: David <laughs> If I hit this water Somebody is getting left behind So
0: the improper way Was this way <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, we got nine thousand seven hundred
0: of them There's a little taste of our trips to Israel. I hope you can go with us sometime it's a It's a neat thing. We have one scheduled for this October, although I don't know if we're going to be able to pull it off or not but uh we we were just driving down, and our guide Ito said, you know we're right here by the springs that Gideon brought it. Do you want to go Yes, absolutely, so we went down, and that was. Uh, a fun time for us as we recounted this story and that was just a quick illustration about how that when they lapped the water up as you saw the um well you even saw Rachel and Clyde in there didn't you as they were lapping the water and bringing it up to their mouth where they could still keep their eyes out and yet those that just uh got down on their knees and drank out of the water those were not the ones that he would use there was something about the lord was trying to get the children of Israel to a place, not just so that there would be a less number, not just um, trying to weed them out with some arbitrary test. First of all, if you're fearful, we can't use you. I want to say this, you can't really have revival if the people are fearful. Because God can't use fear to work the miraculous fear works against faith and faith is what triggers the miraculous faith is what triggers the supernatural and so we've got to have who we do have that can operate in faith and so that was the posture that started is i need people that believe oh i believe in the last days that the lord is looking for people that believe the bible even says he's going to come back to the earth and he's looking for faith is there any faith is there anybody that still believes that God can heal and, and, and do a notable miracle, not, not something that I got a headache and it went away, but can heal the lame and, and can open blind eyes and can raise the dead in a, a notable, uh, undeniable miracle? Do you still believe that God can do that? Do we still believe that God wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost regardless of what church they're in, regardless of what their background is, regardless of what their past is, but that God wants to give an outpouring to Palma? Do we really believe that
1: God hears us when we pray? I stand tonight to tell you, I believe
0: that God hears us. I believe that God will respond. And so the posture of a champion has to be someone who believes. If you don't believe, don't get on the battlefield. David would have never been able to conquer Goliath if he didn't believe. He told Goliath what he was going to do. He believed he wasn't out there in some sort of a misguided young man's mission of folly. He was there in the faith of the power of God. You can't defy the armies of the living God. Who are you, an uncircumcised Philistine, to come against the... And if you'll read the the historical account, uh, there was more than just a, a gentleman's agreement there. There was a Goliath, there was a giant who would come out and swear for hours against the army of God's people and david a young man coming from a song service in the in the meadows of where he was a shepherd bouncing down the trail coming with victory and faith in his heart and excited about the fact that he could feel the presence of god he comes down and hears this attack against the army of god and he says wait a second wait just a second you can't go any further. You can't do that. Uh, This is against the armies of the living God. God's going to give me the victory. I don't need Saul's armor. I don't need all the accolades. Uh, Even his own brothers turned on him. But he said, I know what God is going to do. Hallelujah. And when he got on that field, he was a champion that day. You know why? Because he had to start with believing. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be victorious in your life, you got to start with faith. I believe God hears my prayer. I believe God's going to save my save
1: loved ones i believe god's gonna heal my body i'm not gonna live in fear i'm gonna stand up and declare that great is the lord and greatly to be praised
0: (laughs) it started with that first test and that's still the test of what posture a champion gets in a believer an overcomer someone who can say circumstances may be against me but i'm not giving up i'm not quitting I'm still going forward in the power of God. And the next thing was this test at this water. What was the significance of this? What did it matter how they drank water? One of them just put his head down and ingested the cool spring water. While the other perhaps could not receive water as quickly. Have you ever tried to drink water out of your hand? You lose about 50% of it. It doesn't get in your mouth. If You put your head down in the water, and you can just gobble it up like a hose, like a siphon hose. But when you're on your knees and you're scooping with your hand, your hand's not waterproof. It's going down between your fingers. It's falling, you're cupping. And you got to lap it, and, and your tongue doesn't... I mean, my goodness, we're not a dog. We don't know how to curl our tongue and lap water like a canine. We do the best we can, but, I mean... We're going to be losing part of that water. But yet the Lord said, that's the crowd I can use. Why? It was only 300 of them. It wasn't something that they told them in advance. But there was only 300 of them that lapped because it takes a little bit more work. You're not going to get as much water. It's not as quick that your own personal soul is going to be refreshed by. But one thing we do know, as you saw in that video, if you're lapping water like a dog out of your hand, guess what? You can keep your eyes out. Your focus is not just on yourself you can look out the posture of a champion is to keep your eye on the ball to not just focus on your own problems and your own situation but to say I'm gonna be refreshed but I'm not gonna lose sight of what our mission is we're not down here by this brook just to get a good drink of water We know that just across the way is where the battle is. So I'm going to keep an eye out there. I'm going to look up. I'm going to lift up my head. I'm going to get in the posture of keeping my eye on the opponent. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, in baseball, a champion is one who keeps his eye on the ball. If you're going to hit a baseball at 100 miles an hour, you got to keep your eye on the ball even as your bat is making contact. You can't hit the ball if in the middle of your swing all of a sudden you're distracted by the hockey hot dog vendor. You're not going to hit the ball that way. You've got to keep your eye on the ball so that when you come around, uh, your focus is on the ball. That's what's got to be hit. Uh, that's the mission that has to be accomplished. Uh, a champion in golf is one who can swing and keep his eye on the ball as he follows through. They tell you that if you pull your head up uh, halfway through the swing, you're going to hit the ball like I do. That's not what you want to do. It's going to go right or left or, or just dribble about three feet and be embarrassed by those you're playing golf with. That's what a champion golfer keeps their eye on the ball. A champion boxer learns to never take his eyes off the opponent. He can't throw a few punches and then turn around and look at his corner and see if he's getting a thumbs up. No, no. If you're in the ring, you got to be looking at your opponent the whole time because the posture of a champion is that you look up. You look up. You look up. A champion race car driver must always keep his eyes on the car in front of him Uh, he can't get distracted with something in his car he's got to keep looking at where he's going and a champion christian must never look down not down not within but out your outlook must be a lookout oh hallelujah that's maybe the best phrase to put it in your outlook must be a lookout No fort was ever properly defended without a lookout. You gotta have a lookout. You gotta be looking out. What are we doing here as a church? We're trying to win Palm Bay. That's what our focus is. We can't take our eye off the ball and say, we got a pretty church, we got a nice place to meet. We're just going to come together, our four, no more. You can't be a champion for God if you don't look out. You got to look out. You got to look beyond your
1: own family. You got to look beyond the walls of this church. You got to look to a city that needs God, that's lost and dying without God.
0: You say, is it that important to have a lookout? Well, if you've ever gone to Key West or... Alaska or Hawaii or any other extreme corner of the United States, you're going to find that we have a lookout, a radar installation, a listening output. There's something out there. We're looking out. We're watching what's happening down there, what's happening over here. And they get to these extreme areas of the corners and all the coasts and so forth of the United States. You know why? Because we are only as strong as our ability to look beyond our own coasts. I want to say that again we are only as strong as our ability to look beyond our own coast. Now, let me pause and say this because I think this is really important. We have as a church, I begin I believe have lifted up our eyes and we have looked out and we have helped to fund and to believe and to pray and to sponsor And many of you have gone on mission trips and been a part of crusades. Some 40 of us went to Haiti. Another group been to Guatemala. Another group went with us as... Uh, We were in Ghana, Africa. There's all different uh, countries as we go through it all, but I believe as a church we have lifted up our eyes uh, and we have looked uh, unto these other fields uh, and God has blessed us for it. My, My goal some 20 years ago was to have a dream team of at least 500 people that were committed to missions because I felt like God would bless us here locally if we would bless the work of God internationally. And that, over the last 20 years, has been... A tremendous joy of mine to see this church rally behind these different missions and to see. And I know uh, Brother Green showed you some videos last Sunday, and I'm going to show you a few more tonight. But we have embraced the missions. We have gone into other countries. We have believed, we've prayed, we've supported, we've given, we've financed, and you have done that. That hasn't just been us. It hasn't just been a few people. It's been at least 500 people in this church uh, that have committed themselves to go. To go ministries, that's looking up, that's looking out, but now I feel God's trying to take us to a new level. And I feel like speaking faith into this church tonight that the God that we serve is not just a God that can do it in Malawi and Bangladesh and Africa and Haiti and the Dominican Republic and countless other countries that we've been to. Oh no, my friend. I believe that God is telling us right now, you need to look up because right here in Palm Bay, I'm gonna send a mighty revival. Don't be afraid don't bury your head in the
1: sand or in the water come on look up look out god's gonna give us a harvest it's already our day it's our hour and i've come to declare to you that what god has done overseas he's gonna do it right here in palm bay is there anybody that believes is there anybody that has the posture of a champion
0: Woo, John chapter 4 and verse 35 says say not ye there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest behold I say unto you lift up your eyes lift up your eyes and look on the fields now many times we talk about this in terms of lift up your head for your redemption draweth die we talk about it in terms that we can't get too preoccupied with this world that we lose sight of the fact that Jesus is coming back so you got to lift up your head and you got to look into the heavens you got to realize that our hope is not in this world our hope is coming and it's coming in the eastern sky and we recognize that posture but this is a specific verse that says lift up your eyes not to look for your coming redeemer but to look on the fields for they are white already ready to harvest look on the field Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a field of a couple hundred thousand people here. Come on, we got to lift up our head. We got to look out. We can't look within, we can't look down. We gotta lift up our heads, we gotta lift up our gaze, hallelujah, and we gotta look out for the fields are all ready, white, unto harvest. God has given us a burden for this area that he wants to say, we need to be witnessing, we need to be telling our neighbors, we need to be sharing the gospel. We get out there on that Bayside High Stadium, we better not get out there with just a couple of hundred of us that gather in church. If we're gonna do that, we might as well stay here in the air condition. We're not just going out there for ourselves. We're not just trying to do something that's out of the ordinary. We're saying, come on, everybody, let's witness. Let's bring somebody with us when we get out there. Let's fill up that football stadium, not to cheer a high school football team running a ball, but let's cheer when we realize that God's going to save everybody that
1: believes, oh, hallelujah. If you believe, ye shall receive. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. God doesn't need a lot. He only needs a few. If he's got to whittle us down to just a couple of hundred or a hundred, whatever it takes, he whittled them down from 32,000 to 300. But after he said, I've only got 300, the Lord said, it's time to go to battle. Because if God be for us, who can be against us?
0: Ooh. Jacob and his sons, Genesis 42, as we talked about this morning, this famine that Joseph had told them what the dream was, what the interpretation was, it's going to be seven years of plenty, so let's store up, but then seven years of famine are going to come and it's going to be, it's going to be treacherous, it's going to affect more than just Egypt, it's going to be all around us sure enough, it affected all the surrounding lands. It affected lands far away. It was a famine that was devastating and lasted for seven years. But because Egypt had gotten the interpretation of the dream, they were able to plan and prepare and they were stored up. But now we read in Genesis 42 and 1 that Jacob, Jacob, Joseph's father, who thought Joseph was dead years ago because his brothers had been envious and and lied about it and faked like he had been killed by some wild animal and put blood on his coat and sold him into slavery in Egypt and brought it back, and his father cried. He loved Joseph so much. Joseph was the son of his beloved Rachel, and he was, he was so heart-stricken. No doubt it took him weeks, months, years. Maybe he never got over it. He never had any doubt, or never at some point realized he had to just move on never believing that he'd ever see Joseph again. And so here thou, this family is affected by this famine. Genesis 42, one says, now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, watch this, why do ye look one upon another? We all looking at each other too much. You got any corn no you got any corn no you got any corn no the next day you got any corn no you've already asked me that he said why do ye look one upon another do you know what will kill a church and you know what's killing thousands of churches across america they quit winning people to god they just become a country club everybody's looking at each other until they all get old and die off and now there's just a building sitting there sure it's paid off but then they got to find a church that's growing to rent it to our beachside campus that's what we did we rented an old wesleyan church that had been dead for so many years they just finally died up and they finally just told the pastor there's nobody left go somewhere else and shut it all down because if you're not winning if everybody's just looking at each other, I'm gonna tell you what happens. Everybody gets into each other's business. I don't know why she's up there singing. I've seen her down at Walmart and she didn't have her hair up. I'm gonna tell you what your problem is. We're all looking at each other because you quit winning people to God. You start
1: devouring each other. Jacob said, Why do we look one
0: upon another? We don't have it. I'm going to tell you what, ladies and gentlemen God designed the church to be a soul winning station. Everybody may not look the same, everybody may not be at
1: the same station in their spiritual journey. But, ladies and gentlemen, this church was built to save the lost. He wasn't built for you and I to dress up and come here and try to impress each other. That's not why we're here. We better get the posture of a champion and say, I got to win somebody who I'm next to in Walmart, they're gonna get witness to. Who I'm with in Wendy's, uh, they're gonna hear about Jesus. Look up,
0: look up. why do we look one upon another he said behold i've heard that there's corn in egypt get you down there and buy for us from thence that ye that watch this that we may live and not die you want to live and not die you got to get in the field spiritually it's suicide to just stop looking to the field it's fear that starts it we don't want to be rejected we don't want a friend of school to make fun of us we don't want a neighbor in our subdivision to look at us as a some sort of a holy roller bible banger don't want to be made fun of at the pta meeting so we stop telling people about god we stop telling them that jesus is the answer It happens with churches that have been blessed and have had revival like our church. It can happen at any time, but it's easy to happen for churches that have been established for a while. Let somebody else do the heavy lifting. Let somebody, I'm going to tell you what, you will die. You have got, if you want to live, you've got to say, why look we to one another? We've got to get to Egypt. I've heard they got corn. Come on, we got to get out in the field. They are wide in the harvest. You say, I, I don't really want to go into Egypt, but in Egypt is where the corn is.
1: Woo, you say, Pastor, this world is getting to be so bad. Well, we're not going to make it any better by sitting up in here with our four and no more. How are we going to make it better? we got to get in the field. Somebody's got to go to Egypt. Somebody's got to say, we can have revival right here. Oh, we don't have to just turn it over to the drugs on the street. We don't have to just turn it over to the crisis and the chaos of COVID. We can have revival in Palm Bay. If God can get some champions, now look up, look up, look up.
0: Sometimes you got to make yourself look up. Mark 8 23, and he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, soul winning is messy business. I said, soul winning is messy business. People will disappoint you. You think they're doing good, you're teaching them a Bible study. They go back to their addictions. Like the Bible describes a dog returning to his vomit. Ooh, that's nasty. That's what the Bible says because it's a messy business. People will disappoint you. But sometimes you got to just make yourself look up. Let him out of the town, and when he had spit on his eyes, how come you're spitting on his eyes? It seemed like there'd be a more sanitary way. I feel like through this COVID nineteen, we're trying to sanitize the gospel. You can't sanitize the gospel going to be some spitting in people's eyes you understand what i'm saying i'm using that as a metaphor it's going to be messy sometimes it's going to be awkward sometimes i had the opportunity this past week to uh, be with uh, my good friends joel and heidi urshin and brother joel urshin said i remember the very first message that you preached that i heard you preach and he said it was my father's house And he started telling me about the message i forgot all about it i thought that's a good message i need to preach that again He said, you talked about my father's house. and He said, you told a story about how you went to a model home and you were looking to buy a house in a certain subdivision. You went to the model home and it looked so pristine. And he said, as you walked around, you could see that the fireplace was made out of cardboard. And the reason that it was so clean and pristine was because there was no life there. There was nobody living in that house. It looked good from a distance, but when you got up close to it, It wasn't real but then he said you talked about your own house he said you were a bachelor he said you got upset because it wasn't as clean as you wanted it to be but he said you got a revelation that it was because there was life in that house then he said you preached about my father's house has got to have life in it and when it's got life it's gonna be messy
1: there's gonna be new converts there's gonna be people getting baptized there's gonna be people doing crazy things but guess what that means there's life in the house
0: I said, I preached that. He said, you sure did. He said, that's when I became a fan. I said, oh my goodness, are you kidding? Joel Urshan, one of my favorite preachers. But he said, it changed my perspective because he said, I realized God didn't call us to have a model church where everything looks pristine, but it's not real. And there's nobody living there. God called us to be a salvation station. Come on, anyhow. Come with your mistakes. Come with your words. Come with your faults. Oh,
1: hallelujah. You may not be all cleaned up yet, but there's room for you in my Father's house. Come on, somebody. you got to get a revelation that the Lord is reaching.
0: And it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy. He spit in his eyes and put his hands upon him. He asked He sought aught or saw anything and he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. And after that, he put his hands upon his eyes again and made him look up. Boy, I tell you what, that phrase just jumped down in my head made him look up. Sometimes you don't want to because you're not sure what you're going to see, you want to just look down. He made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. If you just look down, you only surmise what's out there. You don't know what's out there. People have been asking Brother Green and myself, "What's this crusade going to look like in Palm Bay?" We don't know what it's going to look like. It's how does it work? What's going to happen? You got to make yourself look up and look out let me show you some videos of the way these crusades work we're going to try to get you ready for this let me show you.
1: Everybody something. lift up your head that's and get ready to shout as loud eight. as you can by the authority of the word of God by the power of the Brother name Charles Jesus Robinson. by the power of the Holy
2: Ghost
1: that's falling right now I command everybody receive the gift of the Holy yes. Ghost in Jesus name.
0: Name. Jesus. Hallelujah! we're on a mountain in the middle of nowhere in haiti surrounded by voodoo as we're going to the crusade they got all these girls lined up with these yellow dresses taking them to some voodoo ritual in the middle of it all people started coming out there they started hearing the singing they started wandering out there to hear and see what was going on we didn't even know who these people were. They didn't know who we were. And in the middle of it all, even after getting shot up one night and being in the middle of an ambush, God filled over 700 people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Play a couple more, Brother Tyler. Where are we going next? <laughs> Same thing. This football stadium. we're going to have out we're not going to the bleachers. We're going to get everybody out in the field so everybody can be close and the altar is close. We don't want there to be a big distance and a fence and all of that with the bleachers because this is not a spectator sport. This is a participation. So this is what we did. We're on a soccer field in the middle of Guatemala where there's all of these drug lords, where all the drug farms and all this stuff comes through there. And for years, for over 40 years, they couldn't even put a missionary in this area because it was not unusual for drug lords to go into a neighborhood and just clean out everybody and kill about 30 people with chainsaws looking for somebody that had betrayed them. This is one of the most harsh areas in the whole world. But you remember Brother Noe, don't you? He was born in that area. Whoo, hallelujah. God's gonna find somebody. He's gonna find a modern day Apostle Paul that he can come right out of the field with. And he was gonna be a policeman, but then he, he ended up going through Mexico and coming into the United States being addicted to cocaine. But God saved him in Zanesville, Ohio and gave him a burden. And we went back to Guatemala and we had this crusade and hundreds of people got the Holy Ghost dozens of people were healed and when it was all over the main drug lord invited brother noe and his men to his farm (laughs) when you go to the farm you don't return Brother Noe said, I didn't know whether to go or not, but he said, I went. And he said, as I went, he said, this drug cartel guy, he stood there with all of his servants and all of his henchmen around him. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, that crusade you had has changed this city. I want to know if I can receive what was being given out in that soccer field. They baptized him in Jesus' name. He said, I want you to teach me a Bible study. And he said, you don't ever have to worry about another piece of land.
1: I'm gonna give you land and we're gonna put churches all over the area. You think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, if you look up, God can do anything. I said, God can do anything.
0: Play a little bit more. Amen. Hallelujah. This is Bangladesh. Hallelujah. Majority of the people Hallelujah. of this crusade are Hindu. Hallelujah. Muslims. Of Hallelujah. Only about 10% Christian in this crusade. Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah.
0: let me tell you how this is going to work every night we're going to have service friday night saturday night sunday morning sunday night here's the way it's going to go down every service we're going to have training ahead of time everybody's got to be involved we're not just all going out there to look around and and and, and act like a you know a, a, that we're out a habitat like we're shamu at disney world we're not going to we're not going to go there we're all going to go there to go to work you understand what i'm saying so we're going to have training planning preparing and all that but once we get to the crusade and the night starts here's what's going to happen we're going to follow the same thing that we do when we're overseas. We believe God's the same everywhere, no matter where you are. And this is our hour right here in our own local community. But every night we'll have somebody that's going to preach the gospel, but then we have somebody else that's going to harvest, and that's what they're doing at the end. They harvest at the end of the service. But then we also have other people that are on the platform. Many of them will be ministers, but other prayer teams will also be a part of this as well. But we have intercessors. Now, intercessors are praying during the whole service. They're interceding. Because, ladies and gentlemen, to have a breakthrough, you've got to break through the heavens. You've got to break through the sky. you got to capture the prince of the city, and you got to have revival. You don't have revival by just having a bunch of lights. You don't have revival by just getting a big PA system, by putting a platform out there and putting signs around in people's yards. That's not where the... You've got to have a spiritual breakthrough. That's why we're going to have to pray ahead of time. We're going to have to get our eyes off of our own problems, off of our own worries, off of our own fears, off of our own hang-ups, off of our own dislikes. we got to get rid of all that junk. And we got to say, this is our day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So we're going to have to fast, and we're going to have to pray, and we're going to have to
1: say, Lord, hallelujah. When we get on that football field, I'm asking you, Lord, to
0: open up the windows of heaven. Over 3,000 people received the Holy Ghost in this crusade, but that didn't just happen. We were praying and fasting long before we even got on a plane to go to Bangladesh. And once we got there, we were praying and fasting. We were walking this field an hour before everybody else even got there. You got any more, Brother Tyler? dark, you can't even see it all, 15,000 people, But here's what I want you to pick up from here. everything that you do in church you gotta do double however you pray when you come to a church service you gotta pray double that service. however you worship God in this church you gotta do double what that is when you're out there on the football field you don't have a crusade by everybody just sitting around patty caking for Jesus that's not how you're gonna have a crusade now if y'all don't want to do this just tell me and i can save a whole bunch of money we'll just cancel it now we don't have to do it but if we're going to do it we're going to have to do it the way that god will honor it we got to get in the posture of a champion and we can't get out there and sit around and judge everybody and sit there and do our little When we get out there, we got to worship God. When they start
1: singing and and the Elms family and and, and Sister Lisa and our Pentecostal praise leaders and Jeff Wall, when we get out there and start worshiping God, everybody got to be in the field worshiping God like a bunch of crazy people. You think them people in Madagascar care what anybody thinks about there? They've been saving their money all year long. They've been sleeping on the ground for a week when they get ready to head church.
0: My God, I hadn't even got to my sermon tonight. I feel like I gotta depart from my notes right now. And I feel like we need to practice. are y'all ready come on praise team y'all got some songs y'all been working on y'all come on up here we're gonna practice right now we're gonna have a prompt to dress rehearsal right now they're gonna start worshiping now i need some intercessors i need some people that gonna pray fire down from heaven I need some of y'all to come on where y'all at I need y'all to come on up here on the platform where's my intercessors you gonna pray come on up here brother Tom you're a soul winner everybody that's gonna be an intercessor I want you to come over here and stand with brother Tom Bealy. stand here next to him We're going to pray the prayer of faith right now. You're going to see how this works. You're going to be, you watch what God will do, something supernatural right here just to show you. All right, all the intercessors are right here in this area. In just a a minute, we're going to turn them loose and they're going to start praying and they're going to call fire down from heaven. Now, here's the next thing that we need. We need worshipers. We need people that will come down here and fill up this area right here that are going to worship God. Not that you're going to stand up here and play like a mannequin. We need people that are going to come down here and say, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I got something. Oh, I feel it building. I said, I feel it
1: building. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. You don't love Yeah, Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord! I pray a double portion of the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the power of the word of God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Penetrate the heavens. Penetrate the heavens with your prayers. Call fire down from heaven. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God.
0: So after we worship, keep on praying, intercessors. After after we worship for a while, and the word of God is going forth, we're going to ask people if you need to be healed. You got something physically right now? You got pain in your body, and you need a miracle. You believe that the God of glory
1: will heal you? I want you to come down front right in here. Come on. You need God to give you a physical healing. Don't wait for the crusade. God wants to do it now. Come down and stand right here. Clear out this area. We're gonna pray the prayer of faith and God's gonna raise you up. Come on down in this area. Just get as close as you can.
0: Woo! God's gonna heal you in the name of Jesus. Anybody else? You need a healing in your body? Come on and stand down here. gonna pray the prayer of faith we get through praying the prayer of faith I want you to begin to shout hallelujah as loud as you can and as you
1: shout hallelujah God is gonna heal your body are you ready are you ready are you ready lift up your hands by the authority of the Word of God by the Anointing of the Spirit of God and by the power of the name of Jesus be made whole! Hallelujah! la la <laughs> la 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 la! Ik katara la lavasaya. Inalalabakatara la vossaya. Vive hole. Viveyho. Vive whole. In katara la lava, sala bahaya.
0: In and assessors, pray against the infirmity, pray against the
1: spirit of darkness. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Jesus thank you Jesus kharaba Jesus
0: for just a moment put your hands down for just a moment if you believe that God has healed your body if you can feel a difference in your body right now and you believe that God has healed you would you raise your hand one, two, three, four Five, six, seven,
1: eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 12, 13. God's healed 13 people tonight in the name of Jesus. And that's just the beginning.
0: still praying for a miracle of healing in your body you can keep praying but the next thing we're going to go to is for people receiving the gift of the holy ghost if you've never received the gift of the holy ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues we've cleared out some room for you right here i want you to come down right here in the middle singers musicians come up on the platform get ready If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, come right down here in this area. We've got to know who to pray for. Beautiful. God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. Here's one. Anybody else? If you've never received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, raise your hand.
1: Anybody?
2: Oh God, hallelujah.
0: All right, come on, just come a little bit closer. God's going to fill both of these ladies with the Holy Ghost. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. Our altar workers are going to pray. And God's going to fill both of them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you pray for the Holy Ghost, there's only five things you've got to remember. The first thing is that we lift our hands. That's a sign of surrender. And we say, Lord, forgive me of every one of my sins. And we get in a posture of receiving the promises of God. The second thing we do is we look up we're not looking down we're not in a position or a posture of defeat we are looking up and we are opening our arms and our spirits up to receive the promises of god we lift up our hands and we lift up our eyes the next thing that we do is that we open our mouth nobody has yet received the holy ghost without opening their mouth you can't close your mouth, you gotta open it up. That's right. And you gotta say, Lord, I believe and I receive in the name of Jesus. Fill me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so, in just a moment, when we pray, I want you to begin to praise Him and thank Him. Yes. And as you're praising Him, the Lord's gonna come down and help you. He's gonna give you the utterance and He's gonna give you the unction. And you're going to begin to speak out words that you don't understand. It may sound like baby talk. Don't be afraid. The Bible describes it as stammering lips and another tongue. And it's given as the evidence that God's spirit has come down and taken up residence in your life. The next thing that we're going to do is that we're going to ask God to forgive us of our sins. We're going to repent and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And as we get to the end of asking God to forgive us of our sins, we're going to begin then to praise him and to worship him. And as we do, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. Are you ready? All right, lift up your hands right now. Lift up your head. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your voice right now. Say, Lord, forgive me of every sin. Cleanse me right now by the blood of Jesus. I know, God, that I'm a sinner, that I am lost and undone without you. But I believe that you died for my sins, oh God.
1: And I believe your word that if I would ask, you would hear my cry. Cleanse me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. In the name of Jesus. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I receive it in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, receive ye the Spirit of God. Yes, yes, yes! Shout with the voice of shout with the voice of
2: praise,
1: There be a shout in the camp of Israel! Hallelujah, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
0: And then we'll ask the audience, if you received the gift of the Holy Ghost for the very first time, you spoke words you did not understand, would you raise your hand? For the very first time, if you received the Holy Ghost, raise your hand one right here I know we've gone to baptize somebody brother Richie where are you at we got to figure out how to get a baptismal tank out there I want to baptize a bunch of people we got one this is the best team in all of Pentecost right here they're amazing we're going to baptize people too so we'll ask everybody how many of you received the Holy Ghost raise your hand then the ministers on the platform, we're going to try to get a count of everybody that received the Holy Ghost. We're going to have altar workers that are going to try to get cards and get information on everybody so we can follow up on them. And then we get all done with that. Now, first of all, let me tell you this. This is different than a regular church service. In a crusade, there's not a, we don't spend a lot of time at the beginning of the service singing. We don't spend a lot of time preaching. It's all about this right here. That's going to be the bulk of every service. So we'll sing a couple of songs and they'll preach a short message, but it's all about what happens in the altar. Then we get through people getting healed miracles. We get through people getting the Holy Ghost. We're going to finish up every service with a double portion of worship. Hey, Tyler, are you still up there? That video that we showed you of Madagascar, those people worshiping, that was after people had been healed that was after about 500 people had received the holy ghost that night and then they turned them loose to worship <laughs> every night i'm gonna leave we we want to leave that soccer field that that football's with a victory with a high hand and a shout Do y'all have any more worship in you? Not many. All right. They're honest. <laughs> and they're going to sing, and then we're going to worship for about three or four minutes, just so you get an understanding of how it's going to flow. And they're going to leave in the victory and the faith of the Holy Ghost, and then we're going to fast the next three days. Are y'all ready? <laughs> Brother Anthony Manning and Brother Jerry Jones used to tell me when they preached camps, they said, first night we always preach repentance because the the yoke doesn't run until the shell is cracked. (laughs) You don't have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost until there's some sacrifice, repentance, discipline, fasting, and prayer. But you saw tonight how when those intercessors begin to pray and you begin to worship, it creates a combustion in the spirit that anything is possible. So I want us to end tonight with worship. Crazy worship. Bouncing, jumping. You don't have to do it for long. <laughs> y'all got a good song? You got one y'all been practicing for the crusade? Will it work? I don't want amazing grace now. I need something to... It's an old one and then each night we're gonna go friday night saturday night sunday morning and sunday night we want to end with worship and praise that'll saturate the area and set the tone for the next service are you ready are you ready all right
2: go oh, yeah.
1: Thank you, Jesus! I dance, 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 dance. All night! When I think of this Thank you, Lord! Thank you for the miracles, Lord! Thank you for two people being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost! All night, all night. All night. All night. Thank you for a baptism in Jesus' name! All night. Goodness. And what for me? When I thought this good I a In Jesus' name.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! 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 Praise His holy name. The Lord.
0: in online they said they received their healing tonight online
1: Ah! thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you lord hallelujah
2: The yeah,